Hey man, welcome to another episode of Quality Man, here to show up for Christian men seeking to understand how to apply God's truth in everyday life. I'm one of the hosts of the show, PJ Burner, along with my co-host, Kellen Allen. Doberdan. Doberdan. That's got to be German. Mm, nope. <clears throat> Austrian. <laughs> you just went to Austrian. Uh, no. Well, Slovenian. Danish. I was giving a shout out to Luca after last night. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, that was insane. It was. And so yeah. I felt like out of respect and honor for Luca being Slovenian that I just say good day. Yeah, we're talking about Luka Doncic, if you're unaware out yeah, there. Yeah, like, Luka, what, yeah. what passage is that? Who, uh, <laughs> you, did you see LeBron's a- reaction on Twitter? Yeah, he loves Luka. He threw out some mad respect to Luka. I saw Luka. somebody out there on the Twitterverse say, I can't wait until Luka signs to play with the Lakers in LeBron's last year of his contract. Oh, boy. Dude, Cuban's going to back up the dump trucks oh, for that kid. No doubt about Luke it. Luke is not going anywhere. No, he's he's set. Yeah. He has a, even after he retires, he has a job in the front office. Right. Just ready for him. <laughs> right, right. They're yeah. going to rename Dirk Nowitzki Luka Jr. just to, to honor Luka. Yeah, he's uh, it's quite impressive. Yeah, I watched it last night. and It's funny, he shot that shot, and I'm like, for some reason in my mind, I'm like, that's in. And it was just the most unorthodox, right. off balance, like had no business going in. One hand floater One from, hand three, from three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just bottom of the net. Yeah. And he goes in and he just walks away like, no. Yeah, I knew no, it was going that's in. A, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah, did yeah. you guys doubt me for any minute? It's crazy. And then the they were like, was that a two? And he, he's like, has his hands up, like, guys, I, I got this. I, I know it's a three. Right. Let's go to the locker room. Right. Yeah. Right. It's good. So Slovenian. There you go. There it is. What is it again? Dubr- Dubrdan? Dobrodan. Dobrodan. I, I know we're going to get a, a comment like, that's not how that's you pronounce not. it. That's tech. Look, it's a little Texas right. in California. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, I can't. But hey, the effort was made. I, I tried. I yeah. tried. Yeah. Well, man, we're here talking about how to pursue our kids well. And if you're out there and you're listening, you're going, oh, man, another episode on family and I'm a single dude. Hey, just a spoiler alert. Next week, we've got an episode coming for you. Yeah, we do. Yeah. It's going to be on how you should be using your singleness right now as you wait for whatever God's plan may be for you, right? Yeah. That's yeah. fair. It's a fair kind of synopsis. It is. And we've got a lot of good um, just biblical uh, counseling when it comes to that. Uh, just being transparent, I had a class project on that, and uh, Pastor PJ spoke on that as a retreat. So I got a, some good feedback. And, um, and you're in good company. I mean, Paul? Right, Paul, Jesus, yeah, John Jesus. the Baptist, like you know, there's some people yeah. that you can look at and say, you know what, that, that's decent people to follow. Yeah, Daniel. I mean, we Daniel. don't know that Daniel ever had a wife; it never mentions her. So, there's yeah. another name yeah. that we can throw out there. So, so yeah, there's yeah. good people. And we'll talk singleness next week. Yeah, but here we're we're here to talk about men pursuing your kids. We've talked about that kind of in theory before, but. If you remember, I don't remember how many episodes ago it was. If we were a more organized podcast, I could tell you <laughs> what date it was recorded and where nah, to go find it. Who but would do that? No, we're not. That's not our style. But we did a, a, an article on an article that we did an episode on an article real time right now yep. on the fly. Yep. We did an episode on an article that Tim Challies wrote on 18 ways to pursue your wife. And he wrote another one on 18 ways to pursue your kids. And, uh, we're going to kind of walk through that together, and Kellen and I will give you some of our own insights on some of his points that he makes here, um, and hopefully it'll just be an encouragement to you. But yeah, Kellen and I were just talking before hitting record just how fast time goes by, and you dads out there of kids that are grown and, and gone out of the house, you're probably sitting there going, man, you guys have no idea. Uh, you dads with the newborns at home, and it's your first, and you're sitting there going, how long am I going to have to buy diapers and right. get up in the middle of the night? You're yeah. thinking, there's no way this is going to go by quickly. 
It does. It does. I mean, we're kind of in the middle of it. You know, my oldest is 12, and I was just telling, telling Kellen, it's, it's amazing for me to think that in six years he's gone. Yeah. Like, that's my job. I've worked myself out of a job in six years. He's 18. He's an adult. He should be going off on his own to hopefully pursue education in order to trade or whatever that's going to look like for him. Um, but, man, how short that time is that we have with him. Yeah, and just to even think, like, you know, we, we were sitting a couple weeks ago watching uh, your son's baseball game, and, yeah, he, he's out there, and he, he's a little guy. Not little. He's 12. But in, in our eyes, he's like, I still a little guy. And to know that he's going to be out in the world making right. decisions, having a job. Driving a car driving in four a, years. Dri- driving a car in four years. Yeah. Uh, you'll have to get him an electric car. No, you won't be here, so it won't be mandated. So he might he might be somewhere else knows, playing man. a church or something. Um, but, yeah, it, it's just to know that, you know, our kids right now as we see them, you know, that that time goes quick. And I know even – my oldest is about to turn six. And, yeah, I, re- I literally remember being in the hospital room with Chelsea, like, wow, like, I have my first kid, and now he's, you know, having full-on conversations with me. We're talking about things that are happening that he learned in school, they learned at church, that he's dealing with at school, and, you know, even sports and stuff. It's, it's cool to to see it. But, yeah, right. it just it was so fast. Right. Right. And, and something that we said before, we'll just say again here, man, if you don't pursue your kids, somebody will. Yep. If you don't influence your kids, somebody will. And we live in a world and a culture, a society, a government that is all too anxious to fill that responsibility for you. And that's a responsibility that's not theirs to fill. It's yours to fill. That God has given your kids to you that we often talk in the church about our kids are a, a, a gift given to us that, that we have a stewardship um, when it comes to our kids. Kellen, when we talk about stewarding our kids, what does that mean? How do I, what am I talking about there? That our kids aren't really ours. What, wait a minute. Yes, they are. They're, they're in my house. I pay for their food. I, <laughs> right. My wife birthed them. They're my kids. What do yeah. you mean? They're not mine. Right. And that that's, that's true. They're a gift from God. Like God gifted us with the children that we have. Um, and they're not for us to say like, all right, I'm going to make my kid this, the next, you know, Luka Doncic or whomever or bat that no God gifted us with children um, in order for us to especially as Christians um, be able to point them as as our senior pastor as arrows into into this life and uh, be able to train them up in God's word for them to go out and uh, Lord willing be saved and be be those that can go out and uh, be good for society and can be representatives of Christ and so we have a responsibility. Uh, again, as stewards, uh, we have non-Christians in our, our home, and we need to treat them as non-Christians and love on them and continue to share the gospel and share the truth and for them to look at our lives and say, wow, I see a great example of what it means to be a man of Christ uh, and, and, and own that responsibility. Our job is not to make them like us. Our job is not to, um, you know, if we weren't an athlete, make them the athlete that we were never, we never had the opportunity to be. Our job is to make them more like Christ and be that example for them. So uh, that's our responsibility. It's not for us to determine, but too often, uh, we look at our kids, and especially a non-Christian will look at their kids and say, okay, what do I want my kid to be? I'm going to strive to make them like that. As Christians, our kids are to be more Christ-like, and that needs to start from the beginning. Right. Right. So we're going to talk about uh, these tips from Chally's, and, and we won't cover all 18, but just give you a handful of them. And like I said, Kellen and I will give some insights on on these and how this has looked in our own life. And the first one is, is foundational, hopefully one that uh, if you are in the church and you're a believer out there, you're listening to this, you've got kids, you're already doing, but that is uh, to pray with them and pray for them. 
Um, and those are two distinct uh, pursuits there and, and, and equally valuable. So the first one, praying with them, um, we got to be somewhat careful there because, uh, again, we're, like Kellen just said, for most of you out there listening to this, especially if you've got young kids at home, most likely they're unbelievers. They're not Christians. And so to pray with them is most of the time going to be you praying and them listening and participating by just listening and, and bowing their heads, whether that's before a meal or before bed or before a trip or in the morning before school. And you're praying with them. And they're going to learn from your relationship with the Lord by eavesdropping on your prayers, so to speak. And and also know in that how much you love them and care about them and want them to be following Christ, which gets to that second part, which is praying for them. Mm-hmm. And our most important prayer for our kids needs to be that they become followers of Jesus. That needs to be the most important thing. Um, our senior pastor here often says, you know, God doesn't care so much that your kids are happy. He wants them to be holy, Right. And uh, before you throw the, the legalist flag on that, that's uh, the, the only way for our kids to be holy is what? Through faith and repentance in Jesus Christ, right? Yeah. It's, it's through salvation. That's the only way for them to be holy. So as, as you pray, dads, for your kids, uh, the number one thing over, you know, I hope they have a great job and I hope they get married and I hope they are safe and I hope they are healthy. Your number one prayer needs to be, I hope they follow Jesus right? and, uh, and make sure you're doing that. Yeah, and I love how he puts it of, of, of praying with them for them. So letting them hear that, letting them know that, look, this is the most important thing. Um, and I, oftentimes what can happen is, yeah, you, you might be praying for them, um, and, and we hope that you are, but it, that, that next step is for them to hear it, for them to actually see it in action of like, wow, like dad cares a lot about my salvation. Like every time we pray, it's always praying that they would come to Christ. And um yeah, when we talk about it, it becomes that important. It becomes real. Uh, and, you know, that doesn't mean we can't pray for, you know, them to uh, be respectful at school or for them to, yeah, those things have a good job with, as they get older. But the salvation piece of it needs to be consistent and it needs to be clear that that's the number one priority. Um, and that's what we're praying about. Exactly. Another one on here, and, and I like this. It's, uh, it's his second point, and that's read books to them. And I know that's part of my routine with my kids. Uh, my three youngest every night before they go to bed, we sit there and either myself, if I'm home or my wife, uh, we'll read a book with them and then we'll pray with them there like we were just talking about. But we spend that time and it's, it's you know, whatever, a cheesy book, a, a, a Berenstein Bear book or uh, <laughs> unless they've been canceled already. I heard maybe they were canceled. Maybe. Um, Dr. Seuss, I know that guy's been canceled, yeah. right? But reading a book with them, just spending that time with them and, and developing that routine. But the other thing that we'll do is I'll read from, like we've got these mini Christian bio books, that uh, biography books that we'll read together at the morning breakfast table when I'm there. Um, and uh, and we'll rotate through. We've got 10 boys that you know whose faith impacted the world or 10 girls whose faith impacted. And we'll read those. And it's just good for them to spend that time with you and for you to take that time to, uh, to invest in them that way. And as a sidebar, not that this is your primary motivation, but if you're in the world of public speaking at all, reading to your kids is actually going to help helpful. you in yeah. that regard, big time. Um, yeah, for sure. Kellen, what's yeah. next? Yeah, we got uh, another one on here. We'll we'll jump around, but uh, the number five one on this list is taking them out for breakfast, mm. and doesn't necessarily need to be breakfast uh, only, but being able to take your kids out for that one-on-one time. Um, I know recently I had the, the opportunity to take my my son out and. Uh, we went to to Boomers, which is a basically like putt putt. If 
that's what we had in Whoa, the Whoa, throwback to Dallas, dude. Yeah, putt, putt man. <laughs> I don't think they know what that is out <laughs> I'd, here. I'd probably need to explain putt. But yeah, yeah, so miniature golf and, you know, you got arcade games, you got go-karts, batting cages, those, that type of place. Wherever, wherever you are, I'm sure you probably have a place, whatever it's called there. But uh, I took him out to that, and it was just, it was a great time because it was just him and I. There weren't a lot of destruct, uh, excuse me, destructions, distractions. Hopefully not No distractions there. Yeah. Uh, there weren't a lot of distractions there, but it was just quality time that we got to spend. And I remember afterwards, he was like, in his five-year-old way, he was like, Dad, that was the funnest time I, I've ever had. And I'm like, well, what about, I wanted to be like, you know, Disneyland cost a lot of money a couple of years ago. I, <laughs> I thought, vacation yeah, and, that, yeah. yeah. But anyway, it was just, it was cool because to him that meant a lot. And oh, even, yeah. you know, a couple of weeks later, he's like, dad, I remember when we, we went to Boomers and, yeah. you know, we played that game together. Like that means a lot to oh, them. Yeah. And, you know, for me, it was like, it was a long day at work. It was coming home, but to know that that meant the world to him and the conversations that we had, because he opened up probably just what's going on at school and who were fr- his friends at school because we had that space that was undistracted to be able just to talk and not yeah. have to worry about, you know, my one-year-old crying over here or something else popping up. So, yeah, being able to take your kids out, have that one-on-one time with them and uh, so memorable for them. Yeah, uh, similarly, my five-year-old, we I took him out to, to In-N-Out and this was probably a year ago. And every time we drive by in and out, he's like, hey, dad, remember when we went there and we got milkshakes together? You remember that, dad? You remember? And he's telling his brothers and sister, he's like, hey, dad took me here. You guys know that? It was just dad and I. <laughs> and uh, and we do that. I, I try to do that with my kids and rotate yeah. through with them. And, and it does. It means the world to them. Sidebar, though, real quick, because I think this is an important thing to establish. If you have the opportunity to go out to eat for a meal, which meal of the day are you going out for? Just me in general or taking yeah, my kids? Like, yeah, like you've got, hey, we're going to go oh, out man. to eat. One meal, what meal is it? Out to eat is dinner. Breakfast is it's my favorite meal of the day, but I just feel like there's more, there's a, a wide variety of things I can go for dinner. Breakfast, while being my favorite, I can do that at home, and I take joy in doing breakfast at home. See, I, I, I love going out for breakfast. Yeah. And I don't often, but for me to sit down at a place that's going to give me really good eggs, bacon, pancakes, it's done. I, like, <laughs> sign me up all day long. I, I, I will go to the Waffle House, right? I will sit there and drink bad coffee. It's bad. But eat really good food. Truck stop. Yeah. Because I feel like with breakfast, you always leave full and satisfied. Yeah. Sometimes with dinner, I'm like, eh. What, do you, what right. do you think about brunch? Like, have you, are you a brunch fan or do you not? Yeah. I feel like brunch is above my pay grade. <laughs> Let's just call it lunch because there's cheaper cheaper menu options. Exactly, with, with yeah. lunch specials. No, I get it. I just that's you know a new thing of when people will come in like, oh, we're gonna do brunch after church. I'm like, why don't you just do lunch, Kellen? I don't think brunch is a new thing. I think uh, well, I, don't know. I think it's been around for a few hundred years. A hundred years? I, All right. I would venture a guess. All right, whatever. it seems like a snooty English thing that people like to do. Right, yeah, we're gonna a, go out for brunch. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's totally not related to what we were talking about, no. but I I just had that thought. You as take we were your kids out to here. brunch yeah. too if you want. Take them out to brunch. Take them out. But spend that one-on-one time with them is what we're getting out there. Right. Especially if you've got, you know, multiple kids at home. It's They're going to love that. Oh, wow, it's just dad and I? That's that's so valuable uh, to them. Uh, you know, from one that is is a, a joyous thing to one that maybe is not so joyous, but but certainly as important, if not even more important, and that is uh, to, to discipline your kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, men, you need to be involved in the discipline of your children. Um, this is important. The Bible instructs us to discipline our children. It, you know, he who spares the rod hates his child is what Solomon says. That's amazing, right? That's strong. If yeah. that you are not disciplining your, your child, in fact, if you are not even exercising corporate discipline 
on your child, that you hate them. Um, the writer of Hebrews even goes on to say, look, don't despise the discipline of the Lord for the Lord disciplines those he loves. And so dads, you need to be involved in the discipline of your kids. And along those lines, a, a couple things. Number one, um, make sure that it's never done out of anger. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm often reminded of, of King David after being confronted by Uriah, the hit, or not confronted by Uriah. Uriah was not in a position to confront David no. at that point. Nathan <laughs> no, no, no. confronts David. And David in Psalm 51 prays and he says to the Lord, against you and you only have I sinned. Mm-hmm. And we can point to a bunch of other people that David had sinned against. Right. But the point is that sin is first and foremost an offense against God. Right. And so men, as you are disciplining your child, keep that in mind that it's not first and foremost an offense against you or your wife or their friend or their teacher, that this is a, an offense against the Lord. And, uh, and so get yourself out of the way when you're disciplining your kids and make sure that's not done out of anger. Sometimes that means, hey, I need to take a minute or two before we deal with this. Right. Um, but then, so yeah, that, that's first and foremost. Number two, make sure that you spend the time after the, the administration of the, the discipline, right? Um, to, to talk with them mm-hmm. and to make sure that they understand why it is that they got disciplined and what discipline is supposed to do in their life and why discipline is a, a loving thing and, and make sure that you hug them and hold them. And if, they're, if there's tears, make sure you're comforting them, right, um, in that moment as well. But to neglect discipline is, is not to, to love your child. To neglect discipline is to, as the Bible would say, hate your child. And so, men, you should be involved in disciplining your kids. Yeah, and it's the same thing we talked about. You know, if you don't teach your kids, then the world will. If you don't discipline your kids, then, then the world will. Yeah. And you see oftentimes the kids that lack discipline growing up, then they, they grow up with this uh, – this thought of like I'm entitled. You know what? I you can't tell me what to do. And guess what? The 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 laws will tell you what to do. And if you want to disobey, then you end up behind um, you know some jail cells. And that's that's extreme, but it happens because it starts with there was a lack of discipline in the home. And For so sure. uh, we want to make sure that we're doing that. Um, and to your point, doing it so people understand this is offense against God. And that one piece of it that goes in line with that is forgiving them. So you talked about the, that anger piece of it that we can have and what's important not to uh, respond because we're upset that they disrespected us. So then now we're punishing them because we're angry. Uh, that one can't be the case. Uh, but then two, being able to forgive them, being able to have a conversation with them to say, look, the discipline is done. I, I forgive you. Uh, for whatever you did, and then we move on. Like, it, that's behind us. And then we continue to play and have fun. Too often, it, it's just easy to say, you know what, I'm so mad at you that I'm just going to keep letting this trail trail on for, you know, hours or even days. And our kids feel that, mm-hmm. right? They they want to please us. They want to have love from us. And when we hold that against them, then they start to do that. It's harder for them to forgive people because it's like, you know what, my dad, you know, when I grew up, he'd be mad at me for a week if I did something wrong. So I'm, I should do that. Right. And that's the most important thing because, again, God forgives us. And when we transgress, when we sin, um, when we repent, God's not saying like, okay, I'm holding this above your head. It's, we repent and we continue to move to pursue Christ. Um, and we should do the same as fathers to make sure that we forgive them and show them an example of forgiveness and that Christ forgave us. Uh, when we bring it back to uh, biblical um, principles. Yeah, another one, guys, is uh, it, it, that is so helpful that maybe you don't often think about it, is loving their mom. Mm-hmm. Um, your kids needs to, need to see you love their mom and love her well. Um, 
one of my favorite things is to gross my son out by kissing my wife in front of him. But <laughs> he get hit my 12 year old gets, oh, dad, and like dives for the nearest couch cushion or whatever. But honestly, they need to, to know how much you care about their mom. Right. And it's a stabilizing thing for them. They're going to feel that level of security to know that mom and dad and, and your marriage is strong and that you guys care about each other, love each other and are, are committed to one another. So, um, you know, make sure that, that they know how much you love her, take her out on date nights, prioritize that, uh, get a babysitter for your kids and say, look, we're getting a babysitter because mom and dad are going out tonight. Um, you know, spend that time so that they know, man, mom is number one and knowing that mom is number one in your life, men is going to give them so much confidence in, uh, that, that security and stability of the family as well. Yeah, one one thing that happens typically when we go to the store is I'll, I'll bring my wife flowers home, and my my kids will see it as I'm walking in. Uh, but it's funny, like if I take my kids to the store because every time we go to the store, they're like, "Dad, you should buy mom flowers." I'm like, "Hey, hey, we just I just bought her some yesterday." Like, but you need to buy mom flowers, and I'm like, "All right, I mean, I appreciate that, but you know, we we got some at home that are still living, so let's not just pile on the flowers." <laughs> they're holding you accountable. Yeah, they are totally. Uh, but Meanwhile, Chelsea's like, "Hey, uh, you should remind Dad to buy me flowers again today." <laughs> that she that is probably right. She's putting them up to it, uh, but even. That it, it goes hand in hand with that is uh, expressing affection. Yeah. Um, and I'll even tag on another one in there is uh, being able to, this, the articles talked about telling the kids uh, that you love them, which we'll, we'll get to that. But expressing affection to uh, your spouse is a good thing. Expressing affection to your kids is a good thing. Telling them that you love them is a, is a great thing. And it's, it's one of those of like, ah, they don't need to hear that. But um, oftentimes, I know you hear this as well, of like in counseling situations, I'll be talking to somebody and, you know, part of the, the marital counseling that we'll be giving is, well, my husband doesn't express love. And uh, you'll ask the husband, it's like, well, my dad growing up never told me he loved me uh, or he never really, you know, showed affection to my mom, my mom. And so kids see those things and then they implement that into their marriage because they think that's it. And you almost have to, you know, God's reshaping us and remolding us to realize that there's so much power in just saying, I love you to your kids, to your wife, all of that. And especially for your kids to see that, no, this is true love. I'm not ashamed to tell my wife I love her. I'm not ashamed to kiss my wife in public because who's looking around at the end of the day, I love her and, um, more than anybody here on this earth. And I love Christ more than anybody else. So being able to show that affection and express your love for your kids is uh, a big thing that just cannot be missed. Um, and it seems like a, it's not that big of a deal, but again, it shows up years later when they become adults because that's just what they've been ingrained to know. Right. Right. And, and maybe building off one that we hit on earlier, but, uh, kind of under the umbrella of creating memories with your kids. Kellen talked about, uh, going out to lunch, uh, with your kids or taking them to boomers or, uh, or something like that. Uh, there's other things too. in, uh, in Charles mentions a couple of, of them in here. He calls one of them doing special things. Um, but then in, in that's like going to a baseball game, you know, taking your kids, uh, to the beach, taking your kids to Disneyland, things that are just out of the routine, um, is, is what he's talking about there. And that's creating memories. But, but then the other one too, is, is planning little surprises, doing things that are unexpected. And this is one of my favorite things to do with our kids. Sometimes, uh, you know, we'll put our kids to bed and, and Amanda, my wife and I will be sitting there on the couch watching TV or whatever. And I'll look at her and say, why don't we get them up? Let's go to Sonic. And so we'll go literally wake them up 
at, you know, after an hour after we put them in bed, pile them in the car, and we'll drive out to go get fill them up with sugar. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> and, and and they love it yeah. because they're not expecting it, no. and it's again you're creating memories with them. Or, you know, come home and and say to them, hey, let's go. Everybody, pile in the car. We're gonna go get dinner at McDonald's or Wendy's or someplace like that. Yeah. Or if you're a health nut, go. I was to just about to say the health nuts just signed off. They're like, oh, they spoke about McDonald's. Well, I'm out. You know what? Those cry real McNuggets. Cry your river, build your bridge and get over it. You know, <laughs> it's the golden arches. Okay. <laughs> just it's grandpa Dave and Wendy. All right. So just stop. Just stop. Just leave me alone with my frosty and my fries. Okay. Uncle Dave. No, I don't know. All right, well. Whatever. But do the unexpected with your kids to create those memories um, and be spontaneous with them. It, there's there's some things that they need to know that they are consistent, your love for your wife, your love for them, the fact that you're going to discipline them, but then have some things that are unpredictable about you. Some spontaneous things where you can catch them off guard and take them to do something fun that's going to create those memories. Um, those are, are going to be valuable for you for sure. There's more in this article. You can find it online, 18 Things I Will Not Regret Doing With My Kids by Tim Challies. Again, 18 Things I Will Not Regret Doing With My Kids by Tim Challies. But uh, Kellen and I pulled these out, and uh, they're encouraging to us, challenging to us, good reminders for us, and hopefully they've been that for you as well, men. Uh, and again, next week, if you single guys are out there still listening to this episode with us, hey, we've got an episode coming for you next week on how to use your singleness in a way that glorifies God uh, because it is valuable. And just like our kids are a stewardship given to us, Uh, Your singleness is a stewardship given to you. So uh, we'll talk more about that next week. And in the meantime, we will be praying for you men as you strive to be quality men of God.